0: Welcome to Ask a Wayfinder, an advice and mindfulness podcast for all those who are seeking, those who are stuck, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Dana Wheelis. I'm a life coach and a meditation teacher in Central Virginia, and I'm here with a new letter about transitions and how to deal with moments of uncertainty. Before I dive in, though, I want to remind everyone that as a society, we are also in the middle of a huge transition right now. Please don't let the momentum stop. Keep making your voices heard, keep donating to bailout funds and other organizations or activists who inspire you. We have the power to dismantle white supremacy and create a safe, supportive world for Black, Indigenous people of color, as well as our LGBTQ family. Change is uncomfortable, but as Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard things. So with that said, Let's turn to our letter for today. Dear Wayfinder, I'm in a big transition. I moved to a new city in December, 1,000 miles from my home state, with the idea to take my side gigs full-time. Things have taken a turn with the pandemic, and the type of work I do is not really in demand at the moment. I'm not eligible for unemployment. I'm living off the last bit of my savings from moving, and that will only last for a few months more until I'm completely out of money. I've been to the bottom before, and I trust that the universe, or whatever you personally like to call it, will not let me go into that very dark place again. Even with that trust, I'm getting panicky, since no one knows how long the effects from the pandemic will last. I'm having a lot of trouble with the balance of trusting in the universe while also making sure I'm moving things along in my life, like paying the bills and keeping food in the fridge. I feel like there's more I need to do for my end of this co-creation, but I don't know what else there is. My Hail Mary moment was deciding to go into some debt by joining a group business coaching program that supports my type of work. And while I'm sure it will help, I'm not holding my breath that it will solve anything. I start in two weeks. How do I trust that things will be okay? Especially when I'm seeing money going out, but hardly any coming in. Thank you so much. A from New Orleans. Dear A from New Orleans, I think there are a lot of us out here, myself included, who can empathize with your situation. Let me start by congratulating you on taking such a huge leap. To move to a new place and create a new career path at the same time takes serious gumption, so I can tell that your trust in yourself and in the universe is very strong. And yet, here we are, the entire country locked down, confused about what is safe, what is right, and what the heck to do next. In service of your letter, I'm going to make a broad generalization about how folks seem to be responding to this crisis. Looking at my social media feeds, talking to my clients and friends, I see two groups emerging the creators and the sustainers. Each have their gifts and each have their challenges. Both can teach the other lessons about how to find balance in such a polarized time. Let's start with the sustainers, because those are the people with their sourdough starters and new recipes. Y'all are the ones who know how to stock a pantry and to make do with what's on hand. You're out there making up games for your children and getting inventive with experiments you see on YouTube. You have a knack for knowing what's essential in life and you can find the sacred in each mundane detail. Even though this pandemic is hard on all of us in its own way, I get the sense that the sustainers are handling it the best. They rarely get much attention, from our society and their labor is often invisible to us and there's a high risk of burnout for these souls I want you to know that I am grateful for you and I am trying to learn from you how to slow down and remember the little things that can make any day better but I am NOT a sustainer at heart and I get the feeling that you a from New Orleans you aren't either The creators are those who dream big and like to take risks. They are the rebels, the revolutionaries, those who have pantries of ramen and pasta, um, but they have sketchbooks and folders crammed with invention. Uh, Creators are more likely to work outside the salaried wage economy and tend to offer goods and services that are the first to be considered luxuries when disaster strikes. Unless you're a creator with the business that was already humming along nicely, this pandemic has been a real hit to your momentum. So if you're a creator, getting settled into a completely new community, building a new business, this is likely an excruciating situation. And when we're struggling, it's hard to be creative. It's hard to do anything. So then we get caught in a feedback loop of feeling overwhelmed and bored At the same time, which leads to apathy, which leads to not eating and not making and more overwhelm and more boredom, and well, it ain't pretty. Okay, so I'll admit that there are limits to this generalization of mine. Some of us have been the sustainer and the creator at different times in our lives. But I'm hoping this helps to point out how one's comfort zone or one's framework for life at any given moment. Can drastically affect how we respond to anything life throws at us. I noticed that you said that you felt like there was more you needed to do to get things going, but you weren't clear on what that was. Oh boy, have I been there. You see, we often talk about our lives and our careers kind of like we talk about diets. You know how people used to say, calories in, calories out, and that really patronizing way, as if the human body weren't an extremely complex system that can't be reduced to such a simple equation? Well, I think we have a similarly misguided and reductive approach to making big changes in our lives. Toxic productivity culture tells us that if something isn't working out, then we're not working hard enough. We think that energy invested will be energy returned, and if we're not seeing the results, then we aren't working hard enough. If we were doing more, then we would be seeing more progress. Anyone who has ever had a real failure as an entrepreneur can tell you that's not quite how things work. Sometimes you invest a ton of energy into something with great potential only to have it fall flat. Sometimes you can have a half-formed idea suddenly explode into something popular overnight. There are so many factors at play that chiding ourselves for not doing more can be unhelpful and downright harmful. There is a time for discipline and hard work, and there is also a time for rest and study and incubation. It sounds like you, letter writer, are facing a time of inward focus. Our bank account may completely disagree with this quandary, however. It sounds like you're looking at very real limitations on your ability to hunker down and meditate in your cave. This is where the Sustainer Archetype can help us. Step one, invest in self-care. This doesn't have to be a monetary investment, but it's time to put energy into the details of your life and making sure that there is at least one ritual a day that you can look forward to. Something that brings you pleasure. Take a walk or meditate or reach out to a friend. If you're creative, make something that you'll never show to anyone else And if you can, make something ugly. Quiet down that inner critic by taking all the pressure off of what you make. I highly recommend journaling, stream of conscious writing that isn't edited or even grammatically correct. My guess is that you're struggling with a lot of brain chatter, and journaling is great for getting out of repetitive thought loops. And even more importantly, journaling will help you to keep honing the concept of your new life you're building it's specific. Imagine what any old day would look like for you if your dream had already come to life. Spend a little time every day living as if you have already achieved that dream. Step 2. Seek out and eliminate all binary thoughts. Either or this or that. These these are false distinctions. Just because the career you're pursuing isn't coming together like you'd hoped, that doesn't mean you can't make a little money here and there doing things that you like. You'll need to put a time limit on anything that isn't serving the greater dream, but if you're worried about affording rent or food, then you won't be able to truly focus on what you're building anyway. Introduce some novelty into your life. And I know that this is going to be tricky in a pandemic. But I have a feeling that if you reached out to your community, offered your skills to former colleagues, employers, even family members, someone out there has a job you could do for them. Someone has a creative idea of how you could make a little cash. And as the ideas start to trickle in, try them on in your imagination. See if it feels like a relief, like a lark, like something you could do for five to ten hours for a week or so. Some may feel okay, maybe even good. Those give them some more thought. Some may feel like a chest-caving-in, anxiety-fluttering, sinking-dread kind of feeling. You'll rule those out immediately. This is not a beggars-can't-be-choosers situation. This is more of a stir-the-pot sort of experiment. Just to remember that it's a really big world out there, and maybe there is something waiting for you that you hadn't considered. Finally, I love that you took the leap and invested in the coaching program. I know it can feel counterintuitive to spend money at a time like this, but I hope that spending time with other creators out there and learning and sharing will help you continue to grow while also feeling productive. I am 100% confident that this program will benefit you even if it shows you lots of things you don't want to do in your new life. I think you're on the right track. For our meditation exercise today, I'm turning to the martial arts and Eastern medicine to work with the Hara, which is also known as the lower Dantian. It's located in your body about three fingers width down from the navel. And the Hara is a place of balance. It's the place of the body's center of gravity. In martial arts, it's also seen as a place of great vitality and energy, and practitioners are encouraged to move from the hara rather than the mind. Incidentally, this same location on our bodies aligns with important acupuncture points, all of which have to do with accessing the source of life and moving the energy that sustains us, or the chi. Those of you who are interested in the the energetic anatomy may find Barbara Brennan's description of the hara helpful as well. When we're stuck, and when we're feeling like we're putting energy out and seeing no returns, there's a pretty good chance that our hara needs attention. The saying goes that when our hara is aligned and our energy is fully entrained with our life's purpose, it's like swimming with the flow of a river. Or... My favorite way to visualize it is like walking on one of those moving walkways in the airport. One step gains way more ground because you're being helped along by something larger than yourself. Many of us have experienced times in our lives where we felt lifted or carried forward toward our dreams. And when you have felt that way in the past, it can make it extra hard to experience the opposite situation. When you are blocked, or confused, or not specific about your direction, your hara is like a candle flickering in the wind. Sputter, flare, two steps forward, three steps back. Or, to go back to the swimming metaphor, it's like you're swimming upstream, against the current. I want to be clear, if you feel like your hara isn't aligned, that doesn't necessarily mean that anything is wrong with you or with your dream. It just means that you need to pay attention to your energy expenditure and make sure it aligns with what you're seeking. The journaling and experimenting I recommended in step two will help with that tremendously. And the exercise we're about to do will help you get in touch with your own Hara and sense into any blocks you may have. This exercise will be a little different than previous ones because we'll be standing. Those of you who can pause and try this meditation We'll want to find a quiet place on level ground and stand with your feet about shoulders width apart. Although this doesn't have to be exact, we're going for function, not aesthetics. It's best if your feet are parallel to each other, with your toes pointing forward and your heels behind them. But if you naturally have a turnout or some other stance and feel unstable with your feet parallel, I would rather you feel stable and grounded than have it look right. And. If standing is not an option for you for any reason, that's okay too. I think you'll find that you can sense a lot of what we're exploring from a seated position. Balance is found in the whole body, not just the legs. So as you're standing, now I want you to keep your eyes open so that you can find and keep your balance. Soften your knees and check in with your hips to make sure you're not holding any excess tension there. Your belly should be soft and undefended and try imagining that your shoulders are falling away from your ears. Your chin should be parallel to the floor, so make sure you're looking straight ahead. The goal is to have a balanced stance, feeling gravity pull you and letting your weight be supported mostly by your skeletal system. Too often our muscles and ligaments are working when they don't have to. How can you be more relaxed when standing? Take a few breaths and just experiment with a relaxed stance. Now, try putting your hands on your abdomen, one over the other. Deepen your breath, Nothing drastic, just bring more air in slowly so you can feel your belly rise and fall along with it. Perhaps you'll also start to sense the warmth of your hands on the belly itself. Take a few more slow breaths here. Let your focus be on sensing your body. Thoughts may arise, that's what thoughts do, but you're tuning into the way it feels to be affected by the Earth's gravity. You're feeling into the strength of your legs, of your spine, of your form. You want to gently scan the entire body and feel into the sensation of balance. Now, for a brief moment, I want you to close your eyes. Notice how the body responds to this. Without visual information to orient you in space, you adjust, you respond. Some of you may find that you sway just a bit. And if it becomes too disorienting, just open your eyes again. If you ever want to try it again, you, you can start with your back against a wall and gradually get more comfortable you'll still have gained the information you were seeking, which is how your body responds to sensory information and how you find balance. Everyone can now open their eyes, noticing once again how the body responds. Keep breathing and keep tuning into sensation. Once you've found your stability, once more, slowly lean forward just a tiny bit so that more of your body weight is being supported by the ball of your feet. Then again, slowly lean back so that your weight is now held by the heels of your feet. Track the sensations. Try this three more times, rocking gently to the front, and then to the back, letting your body be a pendulum, swaying and adjusting, and allowing your senses to follow that. And after the third time, come back to center and stay. Feel your balance held at the core of your body. Send your awareness to the hara, to the point three fingers down from the navel. Sense into it, and imagine that there is a cord that runs from that point in your abdomen all the way through your body and down into the earth. This cord stabilizes you. It grounds you. In addition to your two legs, it makes a tripod and three-legged structures are more stable than two-legged ones. Let this imaginary cord support you and orient you toward the earth. Once you have a sense of the grounding cord, either visually or sensing into it, imagine that it extends out the top of the hara up through the core of the body the head and up into the sky this cord is tall it extends upward above you and it's wonderfully stable from above the energy of the sky motivates you inspires you breathes life into your ideas from below the energy of the earth comes up the cord and grounds you roots you into a large stable nurturing presence If you would like to close your eyes, you may do so. But if you'd prefer to keep them open, that's great too. Visualization is wonderful, but ideally you'll be able to feel yourself as a bridge, a balancing point between sky and earth. You are life, and life flows through you. Everything meets at your hara, energizing your body and your dreams. You might notice the kinds of thoughts that come up as you're practicing this. If they are conflicting thoughts or contradictory thoughts about your goals and your dreams, then try thinking of those as blocks. The energy can't flow as strongly through these blockages. Or if maybe you're hypercritical of yourself as you do this, then that's important information too. Criticism is a real energy drainer. Just surviving a constant inner critic is exhausting, much less creating anything new. And if you're entirely focused on the body, then that's fantastic. It's all about balance, literally and figuratively. And you're teaching your system something important Either way, don't be surprised if a brand new idea pops into your head in your dreams tonight or when you're in the shower, maybe. Tuning into body sensation and quieting the constant chatter of the left hemisphere of the brain, it tends to give us a real boost in creativity. Eyes closed or open, however you chose to do this exercise. Take a few more nice, slow breaths, exhaling through the mouth. When you're ready, open eyes, drop your hands to the side, and take a moment of gratitude for your body and all those amazing micro-movements it uses to keep you in balance. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask a Wayfinder. If you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode, send me an email at askawayfinder@gmail.com, at gmail.com or leave a voice message at area code 434-288-0965. You can also follow Ask a Wayfinder on Instagram or find me on Facebook at Deerhawk Healing, where there are open threads for discussion of each episode. If you want to support the podcast but don't have a question, please consider rating it in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps me out. My name is Dana Wheelis, and I'm really grateful you joined me today. I also offer one-on-one sessions in meditation instruction, anxiety relief, and life coaching. If you're going through a big transition or would like individual support, please reach out to me and we'll schedule a conversation. The best way to contact me directly is through my website, DeerHawkHealing.com. That's deer as in the animal, hawk as in the bird, healing.com. Or you can Google me. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm wishing you all safety, equity, and justice. And remember to be kind to yourselves, y'all. You deserve it.